What a beautiful day to be alive. Welcome to the You Can Do It Too podcast. Yes, you can do it too. My primary mission in this podcast is to empower minority youths and young professionals around the globe to imagine beyond any limits and strive to be their best self. Who am I? I am many things. I am a son, a brother, a husband, a friend. I'm an engineer. I'm a medical student at the University of Texas at Austin Dell Medical School, Hooken. Well, if you ask me to be specific, I'm a problem solver. I'm a critical thinker. I would love to see you reach your full potential. Yes, you. You have what it takes. I'm rooting for you. What a beautiful morning. What a, wow. <laughs> I would say bright early, but I think it's still dark and early. But yeah, yeah. great day. <laughs> I, I love the morning because you're so quiet and you have the ability to focus uh, on, on so many things. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I had a patient once tell me that like, he would always wake up before sunrise because he did not want to miss a single sunrise. Like That was his thing. Oh, wow. um, and he was so adamant about that. Maybe I'll wow. get there, you know, like in <laughs> that, that is interesting though. Wow. Sunrise. I mean, why why is this why why does the sun rise? Maybe it's because it's time to wake up, right? <laughs> Initially there was no alarm clock. So right, people yeah. had to find a way to wake up. But Alma Rivera. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me on this podcast. Happy to be here. Uh, so let, let, let's start from the beginning, right? First of all, where did you grow up? Where were you born? Yeah. Where did you grow up? Yeah, so I was actually born in Querétaro, Mexico. Okay. Um, I lived there maybe like one or two years, and then my dad um, was initially illegally resident here, and then eventually he got um, like residency, and he was able to slowly bring my mom and us over. And there's five of us total, but at the time it was only three. Wow. <laughs> You know, there is so much, uh, I feel like, rigor and motivation in, in these stories, these immigration stories. I remember specifically a, a specific Netflix um, a show that I watched recently, uh, an episode about this brain surgeon, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best in the world. And yeah. it's so amazing how he depicted uh, where he grew up mm-hmm. and how he came here working very odd jobs and then decided to go back to school and even uh, in that culture usually they tell you what, what are you trying to do like yeah. you don't you cannot go back to school you have to make money and all of that but he figured out to make that he figured out to do he figured out a way to make it happen and then he went to medical school at Harvard wow. and then he became a brain surgeon and the story is the surgeon cut I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that on Netflix mm-hmm. it's, it is so thrilling and uh, motivational. Yeah. So did your parents tell you about that journey uh, growing up? Yeah, and I feel like um, because they had five kids, you know, their focus is like making it day to day, but also like instilling like hard work, you know. Um, and I feel like my dad, my dad and my dad was like 12 hour days even, even now. So I feel like they always taught me to work hard and also work humbly. Um, like, you know, no one's really better than you, even if you're studying and all that. Um, I feel like those were probably the strongest styles at the time. Wow. Are you the first born? I'm not. I'm the middle child. Wow. Wow. So you have two. Uh, yeah, I have two, uh, two older than me and then two younger than me. Um, one brother older, one sister, and then two younger sisters. That's amazing. Do you guys mention roots back uh, in where, where they came from? Yeah. Or? So we actually go back every year. We used to go twice a year. Wow. We used to go for summer and winter. So I, but like a lot of my summer childhood memories are in Mexico, um, which are, I treasure a lot. Um, but now we're only able to go up for Christmas. Um, I don't think I've ever spent a Christmas here, actually. Wow. So, um, yeah, I'm so excited. It's only coming up in a month. Wow. <laughs> That is amazing. So, do you feel like they I feel like they did a great job at making sure you get both cultures? Of course, you grew up in the United States, yeah. but also making sure that you find your roots and, and you know where you came from. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like I always, like the way I think of myself is first Mexican and then American. Um, and well, now especially, I feel like when you're, when you're like a child, you don't really, I mean, you know what you're doing, but you don't really know the purpose of things you're doing. So like when you do like, for example, Day of the Dead that recently just happened, like you know that you're like painting sugar schools and all that, but you don't really learn about what the actual holiday means in your culture until like you're older. So I feel like now I'm in that stage where I'm like, I finally understand what my culture means, what the different traditions are. Um, so it's like a that's wow. <laughs> amazing. So growing up, did uh, your father ever talk about? I just can't imagine how. I can't imagine how hard it can be for them to come and then start a whole life here. Like, yeah. are you talking about that the beginning? What how they adapted? Yeah. So actually, when we first got here, so my dad was working construction his whole life. Um, so when he first got here. We would go travel with him wherever work was because construction jobs, like, so they finish this construction site and they move on to the next. So, you, I don't know, so, so we were like little, I was like, I guess, nomads. We were like traveling with him, like, Louisiana, Texas, like, Mississippi, like, all, like, when I was young, for the first, like, eight years of my life, we were like traveling everywhere. <laughs> um, so, I was like moving in and out of like elementary schools. Um, but then finally, my mom was like, I'm gonna set down somewhere like the kids are getting older we can't keep moving so we sat down in San Antonio that's where my mom chose um but yeah no first Beautiful was like city. a lot of yeah it's <laughs> first man for sure yeah. uh but yeah first was like a lot of moving around um but now then eventually it was like my dad would leave for job sites and then um come back like every couple of months whenever the job ended um so I didn't really get to see my dad a lot for Big chunks. Wow. You're just going. You had to be working. You had to provide, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, that's crazy. And during that time growing up, um, I mean, you went to school, most of your school here yeah. in the United States. Can you talk about that childhood experience for you? Was, was education an expectation or was it a privilege? Expectation yeah. meaning that you need to go get those books, you need yeah. to be somebody, or is it like, Oh, I, I get to do it, you know? Yeah. I feel like it was both. Like, I feel like even when they would ask me when I was like, hey, you know how, like, your teacher sometimes asks you, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, are you going to go to college? And I feel like I would always say yes. Like, I had no idea what that even entailed. I don't think my parents even, like, obviously my parents didn't really know what college was. But I, I, I feel like I knew. I was like, yes, I am going to go. Um, but also, my parents were, like, there's you have to work hard. We did not get that opportunity. We did not get a shot at that. So we came here to provide you guys a better opportunity. So we want you guys to like make the most out of it. Wow. Um, and we are working so that you can focus on studying so you don't have to worry about like what you're going to eat. We provide that for you. So you do what you need to do and we'll, we'll do the rest. Wow. Did Wow, that, that's definitely, I've heard different stories sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, many, many immigrant families, when they come here, they know they have to sacrifice a lot mm -hmm. to really uh, create that foundation for their kids to try. Yeah. At the end of the day, they really commit to the fact that this is about the kids and yeah. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I feel like that's so, I mean, me growing up, I, I, can't, I can't imagine how my parents decided that, okay, my my life vision i'm setting that aside like forever like and that, that was at my age right when they came over i can't imagine doing that i can't imagine being like i will set my life vision away i will sacrifice all of that for these five kids that now have to raise wow do you were you born there or were you? i was born there okay mm -hmm. when did you realize that fact because i mean <laughs> We grew up yeah. in some type of uh, we grew up in privileged environments, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it takes us a little bit to really imagine the kind of struggle and challenges that our parents have to go through to get us where we are. Yeah. When did you? Is there a story or an experience? When did you realize like, man, I need to buckle up yeah. and really make these people proud? Yeah, I I feel like I have those moments of realization all the time. Like I, 
I think probably maybe maybe the first time was when I was talking to my grandma, um, who all my grandparents and her now passed away, but um, I was talking to her about it was for a school assignment, like high school assignment at that time, and I was talking to her about like what her life had been with my grandpa, like mm -hmm. how they had made a living. Um, and she she was describing how before the village is where it is right now, um, they had like a big like site where like all the workers went, and um, I don't know. It was it was just so it was such a different life that she was describing. Mm -hmm. And I was like to go from that into like in, in like one generation and be living the life that I am now, like you know, going to school, like eating my breakfast, my lunch, dinner. I, I was like, I am extremely lucky. I, crazy. I, I don't know how God made it the way that it is or how it is the way that it is, but I feel I feel like that's probably the first moment that I realized um, that I, I'm very I'm very lucky and very blessed yeah. to, to be where I am. Um, that's amazing, and those his stories are a treasure, and many people don't get to know them. Um, for me, for example, you're talking about like things that have changed. Uh, my, my grandfather mm -hmm. had to had to walk mm -hmm. from Guinea to Saudi Arabia in order oh, to do wow. his pilgrimage, mm -hmm. right? And if you think about that, like, and then from there, my dad had to do something a little bit, had a little bit more privilege than right. him. And then me, it's like, I cannot, <laughs> man, right. like I don't have any excuses if they had to do all of that through that situation, you know? And I feel like no matter what your culture, how rich your culture is, when you get those kind of stories, that's, that's the, how do you call it, the driver for motivation. That, that's something that's gonna push mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, no, I, yeah, like you were saying, I feel like to, I don't want to say like surpass all of that because I don't think that really any life should be superior to the other, but, um, but like to be to be as more privileged exactly. and like that in that that span of time and like less than two generations mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. <laughs> That's the only word. I mean, as you said, right? From where we came from, right? If with the resources that my grandfather had, mm -hmm. if he was able to build two huts, I, I guess. The right. best way to think about it is to material way. Yeah. If he was able to build two huts and then my dad built a house, right? I I feel like I'm a failure if I just built the house because he he had they had way less oh, yeah. resources than the resources that are mm -hmm. uh, on them. On them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was high school like uh, for you, uh, being a Latina girl <laughs> uh, in San Antonio? Yeah, right? yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like high school is kind of a blur. Like I, I was just grinding. Um, I, I was, I was like the the person who like, like ate with the with the teachers at lunch to so do extra work. I would like okay <laughs> come in earlier and like hang out with at the teachers' room and like just do work. I would um, like so. my, <laughs> my senior. I was like tutoring other students. Wow. Um, so I. Yeah, I, I was working hard in high school because I knew where I wanted to go. I knew that this was just like one stepping stone to get where I really wanted to go. Um, and I went to a pretty big school. There was, well, I think it was kind of big. Um, my class was like a thousand people. Um, but it, it was like in a more, like a, it was like Southside San Antonio. Okay. Um, so we didn't have a lot of resources available to us. But I did try to take all the AP classes that were available. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I was fully a teacher then, 100%, but... <laughs> wow. Was that drives uh, in all your siblings, do you guys share that same drive in terms of, like, I need to do everything I can to be Oh, safe? yeah, I think so. Um, especially, especially for, like, all the women in the family, um, because there's so much, there's so much that's expected of us, both at home and, like, outside of the home. Um, obviously, my brother also has a lot of drive, but... I always feel like men in the families, at least like in Mexican families, because it's still very much patriarchy, they're very, like, they're more coddled, you know, like, they, they can slack off uh, a little more. <laughs> I wish we can change cultures. <laughs> but that's the, and, and talking about that, right, many times we talk about motivations from mm -hmm. parents, people often think about the person, the provider of the family, the dad, and, mm -hmm. and all of that. But 
I've also seen the type of motivation that uh, women, especially in, in the mm -hmm. Latin, Latin family, mm -hmm. that can, what they can provide to their kids, right? Yeah. Talk about that, the motivation that you got from your mom. Yeah. Just uh, from from the things that she she did uh, in front of you, some of the yeah. experiences that she had. Oh my gosh! I mean, I think about now my mom, like basically raising by herself like five kids because my dad is gone most of the time, working like helping to provide an income. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom for her whole life. I think about now when I see like ladies at grocery stores like struggling with like one kid, and I'm like, she had five, like. <laughs> <laughs> like within a close amount of time. I know we were making all sorts of trouble. Um, but I, I feel like she she was always like up to date. She was always like, hey, like what are you doing in school? Like who like who are your friends? What what are you doing right now? And I feel like she like every any little thing that I did, she would praise a lot. Like she would and I feel like that was a big motivation for me. It's like I wanna make my mom so if this like A on a test will make her like really happy and I can bring that bit of happiness home because I think I realized also that like we we work for like life achievements right whereas That's my great. kids won't necessarily be my life achievement because I will have achieved my own life um, but for her like we were for like life projects so I was like I need to like make this project succeed um, so yeah that is amazing. That's very touching. So it looked like Texas scared you and you decided <laughs> to move to Virginia <laughs> and go to UVA. Uh, yeah. Talk about how did you decide to, to, to go to UVA? Yeah. So actually, I, this, I, I was researching a lot into scholarships a lot my junior year because I knew that my parents didn't have a way to pay for me to go to college, but they wanted me to go to college. Um, so I was looking into like full-time like full full scholarships like um like big scholarships right and i don't even know if i had a shot at these scholarships by the way but i came across uh one called Westbridge scholars which i don't know if you've heard about yes. and it's essentially uh, like a scholarship program for high achieving low-income students from underrepresented backgrounds um so i was like ah, you know what i will apply i don't think i'll get it but i'll apply so it was this huge process of like you have to rank like all these really, really nice schools, obviously, and then you have to submit all these materials, secondary applications. Um, so this is also why I was spending a lot of time in school. Yeah. yeah, like doing all the all the applications, writing the essays, um, faxing stuff at like grocery stores because I, I mean, how else do you fax stuff? You needed those um, teachers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I applied there and um, I got matched luckily to University of Virginia, wow. which was my sixth choice, but it was not my first choice. I thought I wanted to go to UNC, but um, I went to UVA and honestly ended up being such a great experience for me. Um, uh, they had really strong engineering programs, I ended up doing engineering there, mm -hmm. um, and I learned a lot there, but I am happy to be back in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you hold your pain guy back. Yeah. But, uh, so I've been seeing you playing soccer, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, just observing you in the field, I can't imagine like that, that winning mentality is it, it, noticeable. And uh, I soon found out that you were captain of your soccer team in high school. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah honestly, How good I'm were your team? Because in Texas, oh. my team sucked. Yeah, my, my team is not great either. But um, no, I, I love soccer. Like, soccer is. You know, we watch the, we wait for the World Cup like every four years. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I have a big love for soccer. It's and the only place you just lose your. You don't have to worry about anything. Yes, and free. even if it's a scrimmage, I feel like there's all you can always get competitive. Like yeah. <laughs> you always inevitably get competitive. And um, fun and yeah. this fun competition. Yeah. And it's crazy we don't have any times to get there. There was a point that I was hiding from the soccer fields because <laughs> I could not resist. Once I get there, I have to touch the ball. And yeah. Once I touch the ball, it's three hours later. <laughs> so I had to stay away. Yeah, yeah, wow. no, it was a lot of fun. And then also my last year, so I couldn't, I couldn't enroll in the girls' um, soccer class because I had like an AP class at that time. 
So I had to enroll in the boys soccer class for my senior year. So for my entire senior year, I was training like it. Wow. <laughs> with the, Getting ready. Yeah, with the boys team, which was honestly a lot of fun. Like I got really fast. I got like little, like, I don't know, I feel like they're more, um, they, they break ankles more. As, <laughs> so yeah, <I> was, <laughs> That's amazing. So UVA, yeah. I mean, from Texas to, mm -hmm. to Virginia, that's, first of all, change of weather. Oh, yeah. I think it's a nicer <laughs> weather. <laughs> yeah. And they also play a lot of soccer there, mm -hmm. than Texas, definitely. Mm -hmm. Talk about, I mean, it's a, it's a PWI school, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. it's a very big school. Yeah. And one thing that we talk about once you come in this school is uh, just being homesick. First of all, you had that homesickness. Mm -hmm. uh, there is that level of intimidation being a minority student, especially in engineering, mm -hmm. where uh, women are very few, and especially minority yeah. women. Yeah. Talk about that first year coming in mm -hmm. and just adapting. Oh yeah, I, first year I was not happy there. I was. I remember writing in like my journal somewhere, being like, I want to go home. Like, why did I? Why did I come here? But um, it was a big culture shock. Like from the weather, like. Honestly, but the weather was fine. I mean, I got fall, I got snow, um, but still, I, was, I mean, I didn't have the carcass that I needed to have at the time. But um, the weather, the the people, I feel like we get used to like the southern. Um, what do they call it? Like the southern kindness, the southern. I don't know. It's just people are more like blunt and to the point. Yeah. So that was also a shock, like and then also the, like. Yeah, and then also food. I mean, I was. The food is not as great up there. I feel like we have some of the best food in Texas. I know. San Antonio, definitely. San Antonio, yes. Yeah. I don't know Austin that so much. <laughs> uh, the people, and then also obviously the demographics. Um, I was used to being in South San Antonio, which is like mm -hmm. mainly like Latinx. Yeah. Um, Latinx. But going up there, yeah, I mean, it's like 70% white student population and like 5 to 10% Latinx, 5 to 10% black. So it was, it was, that was the culture shock. But at the same time, what I didn't know at the time was that, and I, and I found out going through like first, end, end of first year, going to second year, third year, fourth year, is that because it's such a small population, the Latinx and like black student populations are so like tightly knit. Like I feel like by the end of my time there, I knew all the students from like first year, fourth year, um, both in the black and Latinx communities, um, because I feel like those are, at, at least in BBA, we, we were the communities that most like tightly supported each other um, and, worked, and worked alongside each other. And I can't imagine how important that is for you coming from, I'm sure one of the goals of your, your, of your mom growing up was to help you guys, to create that family. Yeah, yes, your dad was always away, but mm -hmm. Is making sure that home feel like home yeah. for all the kids, and mm -hmm. I think because of whatever struggle that your parents were going through, you guys had to get really close together yeah. and work together. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of community is something that you needed. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like community is so important to me to build in the spaces that I'm at, um, and and sometimes it's not as easy to make because honestly, I feel like at least here in America, I feel like we're not really so focused on creating community. I feel like we're all in like our individual lives and we're not necessarily interested in building those bonds with our community as yeah. much as like in Mexico, for example. Um, so I definitely try to like do that wherever I go or wherever I can. That's, That's amazing. Engineering though, are, I mean, <laughs> there, there are many major, there are many paths that you can choose in life <laughs> to get to medical school and engineering is the one that many people Actually, from research, it's been said that engineering is one of the best measures to mm -hmm. prepare you for, for yeah. medical school. Talk about that first or second year in mm -hmm. these engineering classes where you have, I mean, UVA is one of the best schools yeah. in the world and mm -hmm. they have very smart people. And uh, coming from San Antonio, right, and uh, of course, you've been working hard, yeah. right? all your life in mm -hmm. high school and you've been showing that, I mean, you know that you are smart, but when you come in these classes, you have uh, classes with people that are also very smart. Oh, yeah. Like, 
And I know for for us, uh, uh, given our experiences, when we get in those type of thing, we we have we just go back to our mentality of adapting and just persevering. It's not about running away. But I know some so many people when they fail like in these classes, they just say I'm not good enough and they run away. How did yeah. you manage all those emotions and and keep pushing? I feel like I learned that it's a step up, right? Like from high school to college, big step up, and then also from college to medical school, you're like, that's another big step up. So it's like about, I felt like it was about like reinventing yourself and your methods all the time. Even from like first year in college to second year in college, the things that you were doing first year might, like are probably not gonna work for second year. You have to like reinvent yourself a little bit. So you have to like, I feel like you have to be okay with that idea of like, you yourself as a person are gonna change a little bit. And also like obviously the way that you study right, is gonna change a little bit your routine, like the places that you study at. For me, I felt like every, you know how like, I don't know, it was like every year was like a different album, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Different season. Different season, different album, like, you know, like change of pace for every year. Um, but no, I had a lot of fun. I feel like um, at least for being successful in college, one of the, like, one of the things that I did early on was like try to find mentors. Um, so I think first year when I got there, I like cold emailed a bunch of people um, to try to find a mentor in research because that's something that I knew would be important if I wanted to go to med school someday. Um, so I honestly, luckily, I feel like, and, and I, I reflect back on this, I feel like I've also just been so lucky to just find these mentors that really invest in me as a person and want to see me succeed. Um, what they say, the harder you work, the luckier you get. <laughs> if you don't put in the work, That's you may true. not be as That's lucky. True. That's true. And uh, I mean, many people don't realize sometimes small steps can lead to big ones. Just right. coming in there and realizing, okay, uh, I'm an adult now, first of mm -hmm. all, and I need to take some steps for my future. And you decided that, yes, you are willing to work hard, right. but you really do not have all the tools to get where you want to be mm -hmm. and to get. To get those tools, you need someone to guide you. Yeah. Right. Hard work is not enough, but you need someone to give you a direction. Mm -hmm. And you reached out to people. Many people are afraid to reach out, but without realizing that it's either no, yeah, I, I don't have time, or no. oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can only win in that situation, right? Like, exactly. The worst they can say is no, I don't have time right now. Okay. And if they say no, it just goes back to where you were. Yeah. You don't have anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about like hard work. And I feel like I always, like in my mind, I feel like it's always a battle of like thinking of myself as a lucky person because I don't want to, I don't know, I also want to like be humble and like also not elevate myself that much because I know that at the end of the day, if, ever, if, ever, if, ever, if everyone were to work hard enough, mm -hmm. they could get anywhere, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm, I'm no really, I'm really no better than like. The, the next person over because that person really if, if they if they worked really hard I mean we could all we could all be exactly so. yeah and I feel like it comes to the fact that in life with the game of life the competition is within mm -hmm. you have to know yeah. that you are running your own race mm -hmm. right and you focus on your own race and with that only what you put in mm -hmm. you're gonna cultivate right and uh, I feel like you're talking about just being uh, positive, right? Mm -hmm. Just getting the mentality that you are lucky. That leads to optimism. Mm -hmm. And when you are optimistic, you are more willing to imagine. Sure. Yeah. And if you can imagine, right? If you can imagine yourself doing something, you are more likely to do it. And you're going to get there because the journey to a mountain is steps you have to take steps right. in a sequential manner right mm -hmm. and you can only take that steps if you imagine yourself being in that mountain mm -hmm. right and uh, i feel like many people have been sometimes many people get pushed by so many mm -hmm. challenges and struggle where their optimism has right. been shut down and because of that they don't allow themselves to imagine mm -hmm. yeah. When did medicine come in the picture? I always knew. Like I, I was, I was like very, like stereotypically one of those kids who'd be like, "I'm gonna be a doctor." I had no idea what that means. I had no one 
anything like that. I just knew that I wanted to do that. Beautiful. Yeah, and I think it's because, um, and I think that I had to reflect on this when I was like writing my personal statement about like why medicine. I feel like when I think about the people who I thought healed in, in my life, I thought it was like the women in my community, especially in Mexico. Um, like for example, when you when I think about like when women have babies, um, like I feel like the women in the community really like band together and like whatever you need, whatever that person needs, we like they're there for them. Carefully. Like, yeah. They need like a like I don't know, like a belly rub if they need like a, like a pot of soup or like something, like they are there. So I feel like and, and not and not even just for like having babies but for, for like every situation. Who's checking up on them? It's it's the women like, and I feel like I wanted to at least live up to that in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I don't know, I feel like that, that's part of the reason why. Yes, I'm beautiful, but what age you started talking about I think, that? like, when I was, like, probably in elementary, so was that, like, eight? Uh, was there an experience, any experience, besides, <laughs> besides the fact that the woman, you saw a woman? No, came? honestly, yeah, I, I know. Well, that's amazing. So I'll ask you the question that many people ask me. <laughs> Why did you choose engineering then to go to medical school? I, well, I, I, so I was thinking about it this way. I was thinking if I fall in love with engineering, because I always knew that I really liked math and science, and yeah. that's always something that I thrived in throughout school. Um, not writing so much, but definitely math and science. I was like, if I don't, if I fall in love with that more than I think that I love medicine, then I will do that. And I'd rather do that, like something, something in engineering, and have that option as opposed to like do biology, um, and then be kind of stuck, right? Because if you do, you do biology. I mean, yeah, it's having that plan B. Yeah, it's having a plan B, and then yeah. And then also just wanting to explore something different because when else in my life, I mean, if I thought I was going to go into medicine, when else in my life are, are you going to be able to say, I did, you know, I did engineering. Or, exactly. Did you take any gap years after or no? No, I just went straight in. Straight. <laughs> yeah, so many people talk about, I mean, uh, the idea of plan A and plan mm -hmm. B, right? I mean, when we, when we try to do something big mm -hmm. in life, people encourage us to have a plan B just to protect us, mm -hmm. right? There are also some people that say sometimes when you really believe in something, mm. you have to put all your eggs oh, yeah. in plan A and burn <laughs> plan B because when you know you don't have any uh, options, right. you you just gonna keep going. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it takes a level of discipline. I did chemical engineering mm -hmm. too, and I went to work uh, for a bit. Yeah. But I feel like it takes some level of discipline to stay on track. Yeah. Okay, it's very hard, especially when plan A is very hard. Sometimes we tend to settle for a plan B that is satisfying mm -hmm. and say, okay, we don't need to go through that hard stuff to get to that right. plan A, right? And because of that, sometimes many big doors don't get open. How did you manage to stay focused and um, focus on that dream? I, well, okay, so I think when I got to third year, second or third year, and it gave time to like, okay, am I gonna take organic chemistry? Am I gonna take like the big pre-med classes that are not part of my engineering curriculum? And I feel like when I took those, and I went through that, I was like, okay, there's no way. There's no way I just took this class for no reason. Um, so I feel like taking all of those steps, I was like, okay, this is, this is my path. Like, I, I will stick to this. No matter how hard it is, I'm sticking Wow. Yeah. Did it get, can you talk, do you remember ever that the journey getting so bad and you felt like, man, this is hard. <laughs> uh, should, can I, do I have what it takes? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I feel like something that always kept me grounded was my family. Mm. Um, I, like I, like I said earlier, I feel like I am like a life project of my family, not only like life product in my family and like those who came before me so I I feel like I'm not even only doing this for myself I'm, I'm also doing it you know to to be able to reach back behind me and help others too um, 
and, and also because I have big expectations of myself and like my family also has big expectations. That is important and I feel like there are some mountains, some big, big mountains out there that require something bigger than you. Yeah. If you just come yourself knowing what you want to do and how you want to do it, you won't have what it takes to, to annihilate those big mountains. Right, yeah. You need something bigger than you, like a big why, a big yeah. purpose mm -hmm. that will motivate you to keep going even there is not enough in you. Yeah. Right? Even if you feel like there's some things that you're going to lose, but you know, you're not doing it for yourself and you are willing, in, in a metamorphically way, you are willing to die to, to, to get through that right, mountain, yeah. right? And I feel like that's important mm -hmm. sometimes. Talk about uh, when you graduated, so, your mom came. <laughs> well, actually, so I graduated during COVID time. 2020, Yeah, Shoot. so we didn't even get a graduation. But yeah, so you can imagine. But I could imagine your mom. Oh yeah, super job. proud. And now every time we go back to Mexico, like she's like, "Hey, like did you know, like you know, my daughter's studying medicine." <laughs> <laughs> so now everyone, like every time I go to Mexico, people will, like ask me, they're like, "Hey, can you look at this?" Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> oh, I can imagine Christmas break. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you turn here, you know, a lot of stuff yeah. now. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I think it's lovely. I mean, wow. I. As much as I, you know, my new world knowledge, my... <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you the only kid in medicine? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you, you immediately get started with kid. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to, like, ride that. You're going to have a whole line. Um, when you go to Mexico, you're going to have a whole line waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't forget your stethoscope. <laughs> wow. That's, that's beautiful. I can't just imagine her happiness. I mean, are you talking about the fact that you are, her, her kids are her project, right? Mm -hmm. And if you imagine the kind of struggle, the kind of sacrifice they had to make to get where they want to be and to build an amazing life for their kids, mm -hmm. right? No matter what you do, you feel like there's still more. Like, I can't, I, I want to do more. I want to yeah. do more to make them proud. Yeah. I want to make sure that they don't have to go through that anymore. Oh, yeah. I want to make sure that they know that we appreciated the things that they go through, but that they know that it's worth that they mm -hmm. went through it. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I, I think that's very true.
in the house without going anywhere, without, without going to his usual right. job, right? And, and sometimes people are driving by the work that they do, right? It yeah. gives them more, more oh, yeah. years and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, they, they do say, But, but at, le at least like having the option to not do that, mm -hmm. I think that that would be a really big thing. Yeah. There's this amazing story I heard recently, Warren Buffett, uh, one of the richest guys in the world, he was talking about one of his uh, secretary who, who he started with when he started his company. And uh, she worked with him for mm -hmm. about 40 to 50 years. Right? And uh, when she was 99, she decided to retire oh, wow. at 99, and then she died a year later. Right? And, I mean, 99 is, yeah. it, it, but I guess the lesson was that like, what she, <laughs> the work, that's yeah. what kept her alive and oh, stuff yeah. like that. But when you started, when you decided to go to medical school, mm -hmm. I'm sure you started researching about the journey. Yeah. started noticing and seeing so many different things out there about what is it like for someone like you to go through this journey mm -hmm. and you saw the data, the very bad data and yeah. all of that. Yeah. For some people that discourages them, mm -hmm. right? for other people that motivates them. And uh, many people are wondering right now uh, with that journey like how hard it is to get to it and what, what, what can you do? What are some resources out there right. to, to help you go through that journey? Can you talk more about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I remember, I remember looking at it and looking at like how many years you have to study, all the things that you have to do to get there. And while it looked like a big task list, really all you have to think about is like the next step. Okay, so my next step is if I'm in high school, I have to get to college. That is what I will focus on. I will throw all my energy into that. Once I get there, then I will think about the next step. I feel like thinking, like think, if you think about the whole process, it can't be super overwhelming. But if you can just like throw all your energy into like task at a time, like you will, you will get there. Um, and yeah, I mean the, the stats are like really really bad. Um, but if, I feel like if you, I mean if you put in the if you in the hard work, even even if you don't land there, you will land somewhere where you were sent, where you were meant to be. You will land somewhere where you will you are meant to be, and where you will be happy doing what you want to be. You know, do you know what I'm Shoot saying? Shoot for the moon, land in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in that, because it is it is a hard path. Even if you don't make it to like that end point, you might end up somewhere else. But because you did all of this hard work, you ended up there yeah. anyway. I don't know. But know that is is steps and steps, and as long as you keep taking yes. steps, you go toward it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing. I feel like uh, sometimes the biggest driver mm -hmm. to get to anything is asking the question, "How can I?" Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, many people yeah. in this world when things I've talked about, they say, I can't. And I feel like when you say, I can't, mm -hmm. that just stops you from even trying, mm -hmm. right? It, it's like you already failed. Oh, yeah. But when you start asking yourself, how can I, you think about a first step. And if you do that step, that will lead you to that next step. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, and then also, I think we were talking about this earlier, but just cold doing something. Like, not even expecting something, but like, for example, applying to a scholarship that you think you might not get. The worst you can that can happen is you don't get it, right? But the best that can happen is you get it, and then you get to attend like your dream college, right? Then the next step after that, you know, reaching out to mentors, the worst they can tell you is no. Asking for letters of recommendation, the worst they can tell you is no. Asking for research, the worst they can tell you is no. You can only exactly. like win in any of these situations. And it might be like a little scary to take that risk, but if you think about you can only win in trying, mm -hmm. then keep it. Wow, that's crazy. And I remember the first time I heard about scholarship, I was fascinated. <laughs> Someone pay for your school? <laughs> so in high school, I made this big list of uh -huh. all the scholarships. I uh -huh. started researching, talking to my yeah. teachers, and they helped me make this list of 42 uh, scholarships. Wow. And I applied to every single one of them beside two. Wow. 
and I got scholarship 17 and 32. Wow. Like if I didn't apply to, yeah. to any of those, uh -huh. if I apply to one or two <laughs> or five, I feel like sometimes, as you say, mm -hmm. it's cold and just do, do the work. Yeah. Do the work yeah. and let it happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, the 17 22 helped me pay for my school. It's wow. like, it's crazy, right? And sometimes <laughs> when I get to a point where things mm -hmm. seem hard and mm -hmm. impossible, I think I sometimes just do it. Just do, do it. it. Yeah. You may be lucky. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's good. So, UVA, you decided to apply to medical school. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure at that point you were out of state. Yeah, yeah. So, how did you decide that specifically? Dan is not yeah. is a very new school, recent school, amazing school, but also okay. not as popular. Right. Well, I I think I wanted to come back home. I think I've been away for like four years. Um, and at least for me, I feel like seeing my siblings grow up and only come, being able to come like twice a year, once a year, that was really hard for me. I was like, I at least want to land somewhere close to home. So I was looking at like Houston, um, Austin, San Antonio. And um, I I feel like Dell, because it was such a new school, I felt like there was something like really, I don't know, really interesting about that, right? Like being, you being able to like shape the, the history of the course of the school is I think something that's really unique to Dell because it's so new. Um, and then also they have like this third growth year um, where you can do something for your own personal development or professional development um, that you can later use um, when you're applying to residency. Exactly. And right now you're doing your MPH. Yes. Uh, I know that, so just to give a quick background, then medical school has four years, mm -hmm. like all medical schools, but you only do three years of medical school yes. and one year of whatever master you want to do. And that one year is located in the third year mm -hmm. uh, of the full four years. And you decided to do MPH. Yes. And you talk about growing up as uh, you're seeing mm -hmm. health, what health can look like mm -hmm. around your community and the community you grew up in. Right. Why MPH? How do you feel like uh, you can use MPH to, to help you do the kind of work you want to do? Uh, yeah. So at the MPH Master of Public Health um, really focuses on like the health of a community um, as opposed to like just the health of an individual um, and it helps you like understand the frameworks that that researchers use to do research in the communities um, and I, I I thought that you know doing re community based research was something that I wanted to do and I'm still like in the in the early like in, in the in the earlier courses of the National Public Health so we're still learning about like epidemiology um, biostatistics so all the like like basic framework that you need to get to the other courses um, but yeah I, th I thought that it would be like a like a basically just a way to learn how research is done in communities and that's what I'm learning, so. That's cool. And uh, so talking about being uh, Mexican-American mm -hmm. and, uh, I mean, growing up basically in Mexico, uh, every year you had the opportunity to go there and just see, meet the people mm -hmm. there and you have a deep love for, for, the pe for your people there and your, mm -hmm. in the country. I'm sure you have thought about what are some things in the future that you can do oh, yeah. uh, for, for those kind of for, for your community back mm -hmm. home. Have you thought about, in terms of future and uh, career dreams, mm -hmm. what are some things that, that are, are you planning in the future in terms of like mm -hmm. bringing to the community in Mexico? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like one big thing that I, that I feel like is very tangible to tackle in my community specifically is diabetes. Like, as we know, diabetes is like a big, big problem right it's like taking over all kinds of places so I, I think it would be a very tangible thing to educate people about what diabetes is you know because most people don't really know I mean you throw away the word diabetes people think like oh like that's where you inject yourself with insulin um, but people don't really know why it happens what they're doing that's causing it um, you know so I feel like educating people on what it is and then also helping them like make 
plans going forward on like what I'm, how I'm going to modify what I'm eating, my daily activities. Those are very tangible things I feel like I can do in my community. Um, not right now, but okay. <laughs> yeah, in time, in time. Definitely. I've seen a lot of people in my community affected by it. Um, so. Definitely. And one thing I like to say, I mean, 30 years ago, the mentality was like, I need to move from this country to this country to be effective, right? Mm -hmm. But now I feel like we can't get out of the mentality of you can become global and factor. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be in a specific place to do the work that we want right. to do. We can go anywhere we want in this world. Our parents have sacrificed enough, yeah. have done the foundation, and we need to take that step to really be able to to make the impact everywhere. Mm -hmm. People always ask me, are you gonna go back to Guinea? Are you gonna yeah. stay here? So I, I can't be everywhere. <laughs> I have the opportunity. I feel like with the resources that I have mm -hmm. to to be able to help people yeah. anywhere. So yeah. yeah, I think I'm really lucky to be able to do that. Yeah. That's good. So what are we gonna do about our soccer team? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna win. <laughs> We're gonna win next semester. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, taking your time. Yes. To this is great. We've been here for a while. And <laughs> <laughs> we have risen with the sun. Yeah. But I feel like uh, one thing that I always, I, I had the opportunity to speak to a few undergrad students. Mm -hmm. And my message to them was like, we need them to make it. Yeah. Right? And oh, yeah. Uh, it's not a cliche thing where we are looking to you guys. I mean, the people that are already in medicine, are already fighting the fight, mm -hmm. right? But we need more people. Mm -hmm. We need as many people yeah. as possible to to fight the fight that needs mm -hmm. to be fought and really get us in the rooms and find the seat around this table so yeah. we can participate in the conversation mm -hmm. in terms of medicine. Uh, do you have any final uh, thoughts on what are some things that needs to be yeah. done to really increase uh, the minority population in medicine? As far as like at these medical school on the medical school side, they need to have more support because you're admitting these students of color and then you're not providing the support because at least at least for me personally, seeing what some where some of my classmates come from, um, like you know they're like like they're like great at taking standardized tests. They're great at like doing like I don't know. I feel like just. More, more like study support resources. Mm -hmm. um, like we don't really have someone here who can like check in with us. Just I feel like we just need more support. Mm -hmm. um, and at least at the medical school level, I feel like that would help. And then for I guess the one piece of advice that I would give to like undergrads is just put yourself out there. Just try because really you you can't lose a trying. Mm -hmm. So why not? We yeah. need them to make it. Yeah. Again, thank you for the time and keep shining. <laughs> We're following your lead. Keep shining. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Thank you so much for taking your time and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way, share it with a friend, family, or loved one.